A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Poor Herder Podcast, episode number 32 with Mr. Todd Zola himself, the Todd Father, not Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier is not the Todd Father. Um, Todd Zola has been a longtime staple in the fantasy baseball analyst world, and I was extremely honored and grateful that he was more than welcome to come on the show and share some wonderful expert opinion on auction keeper leagues, keeper leagues themselves, best ball league, cut line, draft champions, um, some player breakdown. Yeah, this was really awesome episode. And just like most and pretty much every podcast that I've been on or have hosted, I just come out smarter than I was the hour, an hour and a half, or two hours I was prior to doing that podcast, so this one was no different, Todd was sharing the knowledge, and it was awesome, so I was extremely happy to sit down with him and talk about some good old fantasy baseball, so um, thank you again for coming out and listening to the show, and if you have not gotten a chance to at all rate the show or review the podcast, um, that would be much appreciative. You can do it on a platform like Apple Podcasts or any platform that allows you to leave a rating review. And if you feel so inclined to do so, you could take a picture, take a snapshot, DM me. You can find me on Twitter at DeadPullHitter. And the show's Twitter um, page is at PullHitterPod. And just send me a screenshot of the review of the rating that you left. And I'll send some Pohitter swag out to you. If you want to check out that on Twitter too, you could hashtag Pohitter swag. And you could check out some of the stickers and baseball cards I've been sending out to loyal listeners of the show. Uh, without you guys, this is not possible. So again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. We're going to keep this train running. All the way through the preseason, into the season, through the season. We're not going to stop. So, all right, we'll get right into the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
All right, folks, welcome back to a Pull Hitter podcast. Today with me, I have a special guest. His name is Todd Zola. Been in the fantasy game for as long as pretty much anyone out there. And um, it's a pleasure to have him on and talk some fantasy baseball. And how are you doing tonight, Todd? Thank you for joining me. I'm doing well, Rob. i uh doing all right. It's been a busy time as always. Hopeful the season starts, yada, yada, yada. I'd like to start getting into my own drafts. I, it's been a little bit slow on my end as far as getting the time to start jumping into some drafts, but should be happening soon. Right. So you haven't uh, no action yet? A little, a little, a little bit. bit. I, 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 I did a couple of, uh, I don't say private, but, you know, private leagues that I, I write about in my, on my website and mm-hmm. obviously the magazine mocks. I did a couple early. So I get a little, I get a little chatty sometimes in the, in the, in the chat and the drafts and I, I got some deadlines coming up. So I try to time it that if I do happen to get a little chatty, I'm not going to miss a deadline. And that'll be by the end of the month, I'll be jumping in. And I, and I maybe we'll talk about it, but I love the, uh, I love the, the best balls. Uh, I'm a draft Nick and the, the, the fan ball or, or the, the, the sports hub, $10, $25 best balls is just drafter drafting on a budget. I know that's, you know, ch- champion as you are, you're you're interested in the more the more high stakes. But, <laughs> no, I did a bunch of those little pens and um. Pen I love band those. Tra- yeah, yeah, a blast. Great. Right, yeah. they're they're just a total blast. You know, drafting um, on a budget. Yeah, right, right, and it's just uh, you know, uh, way better than a mock. You know, and <laughs> it's it's and it's it's just good. It just get to yeah. get a feel of going through some decision points and yeah, sure. seeing how everyone feels about players. And then the best part of it is you don't have to do anything during the season. <laughs> That's exactly right. And not that, you know, not that we both don't, you know, enjoy and can manage, but right. it's nice to just be able to every few days, check it out, see how the team's doing and, and, and go from there. So, you know, we'll both do some fab and some DC, you know, some DCs, but it's nice to have the, uh, you get that draft itch to scratch it with one of these. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, I wanted to know, you know, I'm so infatuated with the history of the fantasy, uh, fantasy baseball, and just walk me through when you first started playing and how you first got, uh, started in, in the industry and all that fun stuff. So I probably, I started playing, I guess it was late eighties. A buddy of mine um, asked me if I would co-manage a, a, a fantasy baseball team with him. And sure I did. I didn't, you know, I, I was not involved with, you know, some of these other people that were in the mid eighties, I just, it was new to me. He had to explain what it was to me. So we did it. And I, it, things just kind of grew from there. Uh, the internet, not, not really the way it is now, obviously, but I, we were in grad school. So we had access to some internet stuff and, um, oh man, Netscape, Usenet wow. and stuff. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Mosaic, um, so we were able to get some information and, and, and get in some leagues in that way. So for about 10 years, eh, maybe not quite 10 years, seven or eight years, did mostly stuff over the internet, didn't really know anybody. I got involved in a local Boston league, didn't know anybody, but you know, they you know, said, yeah, you have an opening, you know, take, take me. And they took me. And one of the participants was a fellow named Jason Gray. Mm-hmm. Who a uh, graduate of Northeastern, uh, you know, it was most it was a Northeastern uh, bunch of friends that were in the lab, and uh, uh, Jason he had this sort of uh, tradition of trying to fleece the newbies, if you if you will. So I got home from the it was a live draft. Uh, Jason wasn't at the draft; he was uh, in Chicago at the time. It was a live draft. The phone rings, and Jason's trying to offer me a trade, 
And, you know, we went back and forth and I did, I didn't know that his gimmick was trying to trying to pick on the new guys mm-hmm. we Went back and forth. And I, uh, I rejected the deal. And the next day the phone rings again and it's Jason. It's like, man, stop. I'm not going to make the deal. He goes, no, no, I don't want to talk about that. I'm starting up a website and I want you to write for me. I'm like, well, um, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's like, just, just the way that we talked, I can tell you know what you're doing. Uh, I want you, I want you, I want you joining my website. It's called master's ball. So, uh, and thus the partnership was formed. Jason is now a very successful scout in the Tampa Bay Rays organization. I am now the chief proprietor of master's ball. And, you know, that was around 1997. So in the, in the ensuing, I'm doing the carry the one 24 years, a lot's happened. I went, I was a scientist, uh, and, and I didn't really join the industry as my job until around 2013, but obviously I was in it as you know, my side project, if you will, a hobby, if you will, but around 2013, bit the bullet, made it my vocation, as you will, as you were. And at this point, this is what I do. I'm a freelancer, have master's ball as my home base, the mothership, but I freelance for Rotowire, for ESPN. And at this point, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. But if you were to have a, a match game of, you know, well, not match game, but family feud, and name a site that Zola's worked for, um, <laughs> probably 14 or 15 answers. 14, 15 answers on the board, huh? <laughs> yeah. Top, top, yeah. Something like that. So <laughs> That's pretty impressive, though. I mean, you know, um, everyone wants your, uh, everyone wants your services. That's pretty good. Uh, well, that's, I guess that's one way to look at it, but uh, yeah, no, no, that's a good, no, that is a good way to look at it. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't paid by all 15 or 14 or whatever. <laughs> that's just the way, you know, the way, the way things are, but you know, I've had stuff published or posted, whatever the right word might be on a bunch of different sites. And uh, yeah, I was afraid at the beginning that if I made my hobby, my job, I'd end up disliking them both. And I was right. Right. No, I no. I, <laughs> no, I just no. It's it's yeah. it's been fine. Primarily because the companies I've worked for haven't. I don't want to say haven't allowed that to happen, but it, it the way they treat me, the way I treat them, the relationship we have, it just hasn't happened. And I'll, I can go back when I worked for Fantasy Alarm. It was the same way too. Uh, they it was it was great working there. Um, you know, it, it wasn't so all all those companies. They just let me be me. And even Baseball HQ. Uh, I still do their podcast. So technically I, I might, I might still be on the very, very, very bottom of their payroll. Um, you know, there's the guy that sweeps Brent's office and then there's me. So. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's a very, very long list of, um, of uh, sites that you provide your services to. And I love the master's ball site. I think there's a ton of stuff there that people can really extract from last year. Happened to, um, win one, um, win a subscription to your site. And uh, I quickly realized, wow, I can't believe I was missing all this stuff. Um, so it's really fascinating. I love the the trackers that you have available for, you know, the uh, drafting all different types of NFBC leagues. It, it's really helpful, especially for a spaz like myself on a spreadsheet. It's, <laughs> you, uh, it's pretty. Do you win it through Delt Wars? How, what did, how did, what, I don't recall how, how what people win sometimes. Um, I believe I won it through, um, was it a Justin Mason? Um, he had something that I think he was giving away. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. I, I got involved with like everyone that was, uh, doing the, uh, you know, the pitch con and this con right. and that so, con. Yeah. And, I, yeah. If you, if you donated to his charity, 
I would, you know, we, you got free subscription. Yes. So, yeah, yes. That's what that was it. Was. Well, yeah. I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad you got it. Not that it would have been bad if you did it wars, but I'm, I'm happy that someone that got through the charity uh, took advantage of it. That's right. Cool. Absolutely took advantage of it. So you talked about how long you've been playing fantasy baseball. And I wanted to know, like, what's the biggest difference from then till now? And then if you see anything that might change in the future, whether it be like the categories we used to play or anything, maybe you can forecast that can say this might be a change to the fantasy baseball game. I guess there's this, the, the, the biggest change as far as the game itself goes, when I first started, it was prime. And this is kind of weird because things usually, I don't want to, I don't want to say, because it's, I don't, that's going to demean mixed, mixed leagues. I don't mean to do that, but it seems as though it's, it's gotten easier but again, I don't, I'm going to put that in air quotes because it started 12 team AL and ML only auctions. That was the primary uh, format when we first started and it, it, primarily to get more people involved. Cause that's kind of, you know, a 12 team AL only auction. That's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bad catchers, a lot of bad right. infielders back in the day. And as you know, mixed leagues and drafts became more popular a lot of it because people would come over from football and that's the way football went. But so to me, this, so the, the, that's the biggest, one of the biggest differences is, is the, is the format itself. It's now a lot of mixed leagues and, and, and drafts are big time. And the other one just is just the, I kind of alluded to it, you know, jokingly with Netscape and mosaic and that sort of thing. It's just the information. Right. The, and and, and it, it's now you could, you, you know, you've heard all, myself and other people, you know, USA Today and uh, yeah. Baseball Weekly were the, the two primary sources to get in from, you know, on Monday, I had to get the USA Today and, 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 and do the stats by hand, all, you know, all those sorts of things. So it's just that aspect of it right. is, is hugely different with all the online services. Uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was in the Boston Globe, but people would read Peter Gammon's column. The Peter Gammons we see now on Twitter is a, it's, it's not the Peter Gammons that was uh, around and just and just nails back in the day. Not that there's anything wrong with the current version of Peter Gammons. I don't mean to imply that, but um, you know, we, we all get old, and I'm I'm getting closer there myself. <laughs> so, but uh, and and then the the information is just back in the day. If you just had the information, you didn't have to you didn't have to analyze underlying metrics and look for regression and and for trends and. And, and that sort of thing. If you you got the edge by just knowing yeah, I, who's, who's playing and who's hitting leadoff and who's hitting seventh, and if it's box scores, if it's watching the George Michael Sports Machine, if you remember that show, wow, yeah. whatever whatever way you it was all about information. Now the information is equal, at least it should be. Right, doing your homework. We all have we all have access to the same current events, mm -hmm. right? It now now it is the the next level analysis that it could potentially be changing the game as far as the future goes you know i think we're starting you know the the daily and the betting and the you know this pitch is going to be ball this pitch is going to be a strike i don't think that's fantasy it's you know if we're just you know maybe that's the, where the hobby is going if we're just talking about fantasy rotisserie the way we know it i think we're going to see some 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 changing in some categories i don't want to a spoiler here but I, i'm on the tout wars board and we may be talking about that amongst ourselves. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. It's, yeah, we, you know, some some of the upcoming or not upcoming, but some of the chatter out there as far as what categories people are starting to play. So 
we may or may not be introducing a league and I'm probably going to get in trouble, but uh, it'll be out soon enough. But we, 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 there may or not be a league with some experimental categories. Right. Right. Very, it's very interesting because of the landscape of, you know, of stats they are changing and the whole game is changing. So who knows where it could head down the road. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, do the wind or the quality starts and OBP and um, yeah, once you start adding, I think uh, a whole bunch of different um, metrics, it might get a little nuts, but yeah, I think a couple of things might change, but for, for now, I, I, I still like the way it lays out today, you know? So what is your favorite format to play? Um, whether the keeper league or is it an NFC format or is it your, your, the AL NL only leagues? What's, what's the one that you really get the most enjoyment out of playing? All right. The one historically, and I no longer play in a league of this format. Um, we played in an OOTP out of the park league. Okay. Where we, there were, there were made up players with a skill set. I, I think there's various different ways to play. But so we had a, a, everybody had a team of made up players, but you knew their skills and the mm. game would, you know, grow, mature and grow the players. So you had, a, you, you had a hope that the game was favorable to your guy, but you know, we made up that we got to make up names. Of course, you know, with Bud Weiser, you know, you can insert <laughs> all, the, all the dumb names you can think of, but you know, it was just with a bunch of good guys. And that was just playing. That was so fun because we were with friends and, you get an email, you know, so, you know, Bud Weiser got into a bar fight and is out for six weeks. And it was just a fun <laughs> format. And right. I know people play OTP now. Uh, it's one of the sim games, but uh, you know, anyway, but currently I, I don't, man, I, so many, if I'm forced to pick a league that I like, uh, we play what we call the XFL and it's a 15 team mixed keeper, hybrid keeper dynasty. It has dynasty, and I, I consider Dynasty very low turnover of players. You get to keep just about everybody for as long as you want. In Keeper League, there's more of a rapid turnover of players. Sometimes right. they're juxtaposed. It's kind of a hybrid where there's turnover, but it's fairly slow. So it hmm. goes really deep, but yet there are some of those, you know, win now type of trades. I would I would have to say it's just I, I, I've grown to like it's got it's got everything. It's got the keeper element, the 15 team mix is deep enough. You know, I, I do like the ale and NL only. So that, that would be the one, you know, if you, if you know, you know, the old stupid thing, I'm like, you can only play in one league that you're presently playing and which would it be? I'd probably continue on in the XFL. Interesting. Yeah. I, um, that's an interesting thing you brought up about a being at it, like a little bit of a hybrid of both dynasty and keeper, because there is a difference in the two and kind of something in the middle, um, it definitely is a happy merge, it sounds like. It's At the beginning, you know, I was like, I don't like this. It's not Keeper. It's not Dynasty. <laughs> but, they, you know, you go with an open mind and you, you learn to like it. And, I, you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we, you know, at this point, we're, we, were, we were all friends at the beginning. But, we, you know, we've been in this league forever. And uh, it's just we, this, we draft this at the Arizona Fall League. So this, this year we had to do it remotely. It was kind of a bummer. But we hold the auction in November. It's kind of cool too, because wow. uh, we don't, we we're not allowed to have anything but uh, depth charts at the auction table. No values, no forecaster, no no masters ball profiles. It can it's done in October, and November. So you're, you're bidding based upon, you know, you don't have a set of numbers next to you, but you just you just can cross out names and 
It, it's it's kind of cool that way. It's, it's, I love the sound of that. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of pure. And it's uh, then we have a seventeen man reserve in March where you pick your miners and your your reserves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's 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 kind of fun. Awesome, fantastic. Um, so I wanted to ask you about a recent article you wrote on on RotoWire, and it was as soon as I read it, I was like, man, I, I'm so fascinated. It's based on um, inflation prices in in auction keeper leagues, and this has been the majority of my fantasy play uh, in my life has been my home leagues, that's keeper leagues, and it's auction, and the inflation topic is always, um, you know, something that you really, you know, I try to dive in as much as I can to, because I know some people don't put any thought into it, and um, sometimes I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm just doing too much, where I'm just right back to where I started, Um, but I'm wondering if you could just break us down for that article that you wrote, and, you know, talking about inflation prices, and how we maybe, you know, miss applying the um the process of that while while we get ready for our drafts right so we're talking keeper leagues so by my by my untext you know non-textbook definition these are leagues where either via via uh cost prohibitive contracts or just expiring contracts there's a healthy number of of good players available for for bidding you know for um, during the auction right there's a, a pretty good turnover of, of players every year, you know, again, they either because they went for $62 and no one's keeping them or you signed them with a contract that expires. Now the thing with bookkeeper leagues, whether it be a minor league system or just smart bidding and getting a player, you know, on, on, at a good price, that's what you do. You keep them, but you're keeping them for an amount for a price below what you think they're going to earn the next year. Right. So when inflation is you're, you're, you know, you're protecting, if you add up the, the prices of all the all the frozen players, I'm making up numbers, maybe $500. But if you would add up their project, their projected earnings for the following year, it may be a thousand dollars. So right. they're, you know, you're, you're saving, the league is saving $500. Right. So in order to purchase the available players, if you pay their, you know, air quote, regular price, the league is going to leave 500 bucks on the table. Right. So to prevent from doing that, you, you need to pay more for the available talent and the conventional means of adjusting the prices so that if you pay this price, no one's leaving any dollars on the table is to come up with an inflation factor. And it's a linear factor that gets applied the same to every player. Right. It's it's elegant, not even elegant math. It's it's to me, you know, it's it's straightforward math. And every you know, if it inflation's twenty percent, and the player's thirty dollars, then the number comes out to be thirty six because thirty twenty percent of thirty is is six thirty plus you know thirty six dollars. So now the idea being okay in the auction, uh, you know, if he's thirty six or under, I'm buying him, or in right. your keeper list. If, if you could, in this way of doing it, I may have a $36, a $30 player, uh, 30, he might cost 36, but you know, it, it, people think I could keep him because with inflation, he's worth that much. Now, the, the, the problem is that's, it's just math. It's algebra and, and it's not practical because anybody you've been, you, you said you did a lot of keeper leagues, the, you know, the, the the top end talent goes for way more than this, you know, de- algebraic derived adjusted number, right? 
Right, right. Yeah. yeah, those the the $35 players will have a higher um bump up than your your $4 players not yeah. just going to magically go to 11, right? Right. So it's so now all right, so 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 that's the first flaw is that it, it doesn't apply linearly. I mean, you can we can get really in the nuts and bolts and well, you take a dollar player, now he's a dollar 20. Right. Um he rounds down to 1 because, you know, you don't bid 20 cents. And, you know, all that 20 cents gets added up all the way and it goes to the top. So, you know, the, the person, when, you know, is there a way to better apply the inflation factor to make it more, you know, to make it mirror what happens? And the answer, short answer is, yeah, there is. You can, you know, you, you can adjust that the very bottom player is worth a dollar and you scale upward, et cetera. And you can make that adjustment every time. And the math comes out so that you're, $40 player who 20% inflation goes to 50, this number may be 55 or 56. But even then, and everybody's league is different. So some people are going to go, yeah, and other people are going to go, that doesn't happen in my league. Even the, the $40 right. player is probably going to go for more than 55. Right. There's somebody out there, depending on your league rules, that will uh, bid what it takes because they want to trade the player. Right. right? Now, Salary in season salary cap may 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 temper that a bit because if you can't fit them under your cap, you're not going to be able to you know you can't trade for them. But some leagues don't have an in season cap. And the other thing is, some people have such a great keeper list that they feel they can afford. You know, I've got so many cheap keepers, I can afford to pay fifty nine sixty two dollars for Ronald Acuna or whoever you know whoever else might you know Fernando Tatis, whatever these top these top players. So. My 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 you know my point is, I'm pretty good at programming. Other people are really good at programming. No one is yet to design. I don't care if it's Excel or database or whatever online that can read the minds of the people in the room. Right. You <laughs> Absolutely. Know? So yeah. And, and so I and I think I have to be careful with this because I've been doing this for so long. It's become intuitive. So I'm mm. not going to come out and say. Don't calculate inflation. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's a waste of time. That's not right. Anything that puts you in a better, eases your mind, makes you feel more comfortable at the table is a good thing. I don't right. care if it's wrong. If you're if you're if your head's in a better place, if you're more confident, it's it's a it's it's a good thing. So if by incorrectly calculating inflation, <laughs> whichever way you want to do it, it, it points you in the direction, and then your head going, ah, I know I need to pay more. In my head, I'm saying, well, I need to, I know I needed to pay more. I didn't need a number to show me. But again, been doing this for so long. So I'm not the, the, the point of this isn't stop doing your inflation calculation. If it makes you comfortable, go for it. It just it, it, to me, it's more of a, a push, a nudge to remind you that they're not red light, you know, stop go signs. Like you said, someone can break the break the algebra with just yeah. one <laughs> right. one bid. Yeah. So I think we, we say that, but, you know, if I, you know, if, if I explain that the, the, that the number is wrong, people may be more apt to, all right, Zola said the number's wrong. I can go, I can go, I should go higher on this guy. Cause as you know, what happens, and, and I think it's happened to everybody. If, if they, if this has not happened to you in a keeper league, uh, you're fibbing. Um, you, you, you don't chase the top talent. You end up overpaying for the middle talent right. and, or, leaving money on the table. 
Right. And that's why I loved what you talked about in the article by combating that inflation by keeping your higher end play, you know, your higher price players. It's something that I've always um, tried to do anyway. I think there's so much resistance to protecting um, those players. And it's all about give me the one, the two, the, you know, and then, like you said, now you're, you're just, there's, there's a lot to um, think about. There's a lot more to think about in the draft rather than going in with maybe some more money spent. Right. Cause there's two in a keeper after a keeper auction, there's two components of your final roster. There's the potential profit, of your keepers and there's the potential profit of the players you purchased right you are if you've got a ton of money if you keep you know if you've got two hundred dollars and keep sixty sixty dollars worth of players you are not gonna buy two hundred dollars worth of players with that two hundred dollars if it is if you can get a new league it's not challenging you know (laughs) (laughs) so i mean people i'm really good i can i can do it all right you're right you can um, that's fine. But not my point being, you're, you're going to take a loss on the available money that you have. The less money that you have, the less of a loss you can potentially take. So, right. I mean, of course, because I've got the, you know, I've got the calculator and it's my column and I'm posting it. I fudge the number, not fudge the numbers, but I designed the numbers to prove my point. But, mm-hmm. you know, I went through a little exercise where, you know, you know, someone else is keeping $60 worth of talent and has $200. I'm, I'm keeping $200 worth of talent and I have 60 and this is how we spend the money. And I made it logical. And I don't think anybody can look at it and say, you made that up. That's not going to happen. It, it very, it's a very plausible scenario. Absolutely. It turned out, turned out that the guy, you know, the, the person keeping $200 and only having 60 to spend ended up with a, you know, a higher air quotes uh, projected earnings on their total team at the end. So it's, it's not only what you have for keepers, it's uh, it's it's what you buy. And the other end of it, and, and this depends on the format, right? In a twelve-team mixed league, I don't care if I have a one-dollar play. And I, maybe we're going to get to this anyway because it was one of my one of my rules as far as freezing, but it mm-hmm. kind of works in here now. If if I have like a if a guy is projected to earn seven or eight dollars, and I have him for one dollar, that may seem like a great bargain in a twelve-team or fifteen-team mixed, and it is. But anybody who's been in a 12-team league and maybe even up to 15-team mixed, the, the, there's, a, there's just a million $1 purchases and you're going to get a $10 player for $1, right? You're going to get right. a $12 player for $1. When we do the Tout Wars mixed auction and, the, and Labor has a mixed auction coming up, and even in the NFBC, go, once they have the, once they have the uh, AA, uh, AAPs up, average auction prices up, Take a look at, you know, go through them and look at some of those players that cost a buck, you know, depending upon what source and your own projections, whatever, you're going to go, man, he's a $10 player. So my point is it's an opportunity cost. I don't care if I get a six or $7 player uh, for $1. I, I think I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not, I don't know if selfish is the word, but you know, I, I think I can, uh, I think I can get a, a, I think I can get a $9 player instead. So I throw him back. I think that's a great point. I've come out of plenty of drafts where I said, man, why did I keep this guy if I could have got this guy for a dollar? Absolutely. You see, that, that, that resonates, I think, in many people's heads. And if, if, if that's not happening, then, you know, I don't think you're paying attention a- enough. AL but... only, though. AL and NL only. No, 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 no. You're keeping that $1 player, right? Right, Because right. you're not going to get a $9 player. For, you may get a $3 player. Yeah. But you're not, not going to get a $9 player 
for one dollar. Well, at least the market price during the auction. Who knows what happens at the end? But the market price of a play, you're not going to get a nine dollar market price player, you know, for a buck uh, in, a, in an AL or NL only format. Right. Absolutely. So you mentioned one of your 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 three rules um, <laughs> as you approach to, you know, to 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 keep your players. So um, why don't you run through the three of them? Right, one of them you mentioned. Uh, actually, we mentioned two of them already. Oh, we, actually, two. Yeah. <laughs> keeping high price players. Keeping the high price uh, players. Right. Um, well, actually, no, that was that was in the piece. No, actually, what it was, was uh, avoiding risk with the high price players. I, I went through the right. piece and and made it pretty clear. I like to keep high price players. But I want to avoid risk and, you know, the easy, I don't know, uh, format form of that is pitching, right? right? Pitching is inherently more risky, although there's been studies that shows the top tier pitching is fairly, I mean, relative to, I mean, everybody's getting injured now. Right. So because it's not so much that the pitching is less risky, it's just that batters have become more risky and just decreasing the delta between them. But you know, give me a choice of a of a top hitter and a top pitcher. I will freeze the top hitter. Right. That's that's the um, good approach. That's yeah. That's that. And I don't. And, and, and that's not. You're not going to win podcast of the year because you had me on saying that. <laughs> that's a very you know. That's a very common approach. Obviously, yeah, right. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. we'll have to you know get podcast of the year for another reason. But no. <laughs> so, but you know, the exception. The exception though is. If you look, you take a look at who you think people are keeping, and especially this year, because the the quality pitching at the top end, it's just not deep, and the delta between the very very excellent pitchers and the next tier is is bigger than normal. Right. A lot of it because of innings. So if you if you have to keep pitching because you're not going to get it in the auction, well then you make the exception. But tie goes to the hitter if uh, all, all things considered. So. Right. And I actually we kind of mentioned. We, we kind of alluded. No, we actually, we didn't. So the second one is to protect uh, less available commodities and throw back more available commodities. This could be a statistic, a category, or it could be a position. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody looks at the playing field a little bit differently. Uh, but I think we all agree shortstop is just sick. You know, it's right. got it's got quantity and quality. Well, quality and quantity. It's got everything. So... Um, there used to be a time where it was the worst. So you, if you had a good shortstop, you kept him. Well, now, you know, you know, maybe you want to throw the shortstop back, A, because you want to be able to bid on one of the studs that's available, or B, because it's kind of deep and I'm going to get somebody. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, keep looking at it. And then, you know, for stati- you know, obviously for if, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's speed at this point, it's, it's kind of obvious just because it's not allowed out there, but when there was more speed, you know, you had to take a look a little harder look to make sure if I, do I keep this speed guy? Do I not keep this speed guy? Uh, do I keep Victor Robles? There's not, there's even fewer examples one can use. Do I, do I throw, you know, I got Victor Robles at $12. Do I keep him? Do I not keep him? You know, $1, you keep him. $20, maybe not. So you pick a, pick a price right. in, in between to make them make you think about it. So you take a look at other stolen base and, and geez, well, Montessi's being captain, Trey Turner's being captain. Well, I, I guess, I guess I could take a chance on Jimenez, Andres Jimenez. You know, you know what? There's just not a lot of steals out there. People can be paying for him. I'm going to keep, you know, Victor Robles. Or you look at it and say, man, there's a, 
wow, there's a, there's a lot of speed available. Just expiring, you know, I, I don't, I don't have to take the chance. I can, I can buy some speed and, and saves is another one. Uh, you know, positions catching. If you, if you like to pay for catching and you've got real Muto at a good price, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you keep them. But if you look and you see all, you see some other good catchers that are out there and you think you can get one at a better, a better price, you throw them back. So that's kind of the, uh, another rule. We, we mentioned the third about uh, never don't freeze a player that there's a pretty good chance you're going to get the equivalent or better player at the same cost. Just be, you know, it's the, that's the opportunity cost element of it in the, in the shallower, the league, you know, 12 team, you know, shallow meaning, uh, you know, less of an, less of a, um, you're using less of the player pool. And you know, so 12 team mixed is shallower than 15 team mixed, which is shallower than AL and NL only. I don't like the word shallow because it has a negative connotation. Right. That's <laughs> just, that's just what the industry is. Used, has, yeah. has morphed to. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't use that as a, you know, I don't think shallow does not equate to easy, you know, right. I don't, I don't want to give that impression because a shallower league is not necessarily an easier league. It's all about the, 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 the players in the league that determine the, the uh, you know, how, you know, the, the challenge of the league. Right. Absolutely. And I think, I think, um, I think you covered something really that's kind of simple and like a no brainer, but um, I think the quickest way to fail in a keeper league is to not look at everyone's teams and even do it consistently. You know, I just make it like a, a practice during the season to just keep like a running tab of my opposing teams and who I think that, you know, I would keep um, at that time. And if right. I ever feel like maybe they have a, an abundance of possible keepers or maybe they need some keepers, you know, I just try to keep it at the top of my head. So I'm always ready to pounce on any like opportunity to maybe get some players at a cheaper cost or maybe get the, the higher paced players, you know? Right. And it, it, you know, it takes some work, but a keeper league is supposed to take some work. That's part right. of the challenge and part of the fun, but you can't, you can't, you know, the first, second year keeper, you really can't do this. You have to have a, a feel for the, the people in it. If, if so long as they've been in it for a while, but you can go so far as to, all right, I need a closer. Who's keeping closers? Oh no. Uh, Rob's not keeping closers. And I know he likes to bid on closers. I better be prepared to go head to head with Rob to get a good closer. Or you right. look at me say, wow, you know, the guys that normally the gals that normally spend on closers have one. Hmm. I may be able to get so-and-so a little cheaper this year. Right. And you can you can do the same thing, you know, whatever. And you can do you can look at any characteristic. It can be speed. It can be prospects. It could be if it's a local league, it's, they may overpay or maybe not pay at all for players on their home team. You know, their their, yeah. <laughs> their rooting team. So you, you need, need to know the owners. Yeah, there's there's edges to be had if you're willing to put the work in. Right. And and to me, that's. Part of the, you know, there's a, you know, the so cliche skill, but part of the skill of being successful at these keeper and dynasty formats is knowing your competition and using it to your advantage, not using it to your advantage. And you mentioned trading and you, you get, you even get to know this guy, uh, this, this, this person uh, likes prospects, likes younger players. I bet I could make this trade. You know, this, 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 this person 
even though there's no such thing as scarcity, still believes in scarcity. And they like to have their middle infield filled by the time we start the auction. You know, so it's, 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 it's unfortunately, you know, you may not have the time. I wish I had more time to do some of these things. <laughs> there are people out there listening to me now going, now I know why we kick Zola's butt in the keeper league. I don't do well. I honestly, I mean, I don't do, I'm embarrassed how I do in my local hometown keeper leagues. And one of the reasons is I just don't have the time to invest this level of work into it. It, it sounds like, you know, it, it's, this is so silly, but when you do baseball for a living, you know, other people are lawyers and doctors and landscapers and, you know, ticket takers, whatever it might be. They come home and baseball's a release. Right. When you do, when you do baseball, you know, you, you know, you, baseball's not a release. So I'll admit, and I wouldn't have admitted this 10 years ago. And there's a couple of people out there that are laughing at me because they said, you do, you're, you're in too many leagues. I'm like, nah, I'm not, I can handle it. <laughs> I, I've been in too many leagues. I, it, it's a mistake. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be, you know, you're in the NFPC and I'll be quite honest. It's one reason why I'm not as involved in the NFPC because I was, you know, I was burning money and I don't have a lot to burn. Right. Absolutely. You got to know, yeah, know what you can handle um, both financially and mentally, a capacity, your brain yeah. capacity. Absolutely. Um, one quick thing I wanted to touch on too. I noticed um, you mentioned in-season caps. How do you like to handle the in-season caps? Do you add like the fab cost to the player? Like if he hasn't had an assigned price yet, how do you usually like to navigate through that? Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, I know, I mean, what we do in the XFL is we, 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 uh, we have once a month free agent drafts and we just assign them a, a common cost. So it's not, you know, it's not a fab. I, I there's a, a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, I think that the, 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 the cap kind of takes care in a league with a cap. You just don't go all in on a player because you know, it, it kind of self polices itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm to be, I'm more of the mind where, I'll let the league figure it out. And if, it, if I notice there's a huge flaw that it's just not going to work, I'll speak up. Otherwise, just tell me what it is and I'll deal with it. And if I was setting a league up, I would probably, you know, you know what? If you're, if you're in a keeper league and with an in-season cap, I don't even think you need a set fab total. Let the in-season salary cap do the work for you. Oh, so you know? you're saying don't even have a budget for fab because that's going to handle it, it, itself. It, it'll hang right. Exactly. I mean, if you hmm. can fit, if you can fit, and I did set a league up like this and I know if you get 12 people or 50 people that like it, it, it's fine. I mean, think about it. Why, you know, why, why, if you, you're not, you're not going to, you're, you're capped, you're capped by what you can afford to spend on the player. And in this way, I mean, people say, well, if you went all in on a guy or as much as you could, then you got, you get the guy that's injured. If you didn't, if you already spent the money, you wouldn't be able to get another player this way. You can, you know, you can still get another player, but it's not your fault. The high price player got hurt. Right. So maybe it's even fairer to do it this way, but I, I'd like to have, I think my favorite format is when the caps regulates the keeper price. Cause I don't know when, when every keeper's worth, five dollars or every every fab is worth ten dollars or something it just gets it just gets to be skewed on any given week you know there, there may be a better player that comes by it comes along and the end of the year you don't have as much fab left so 
then the money comes down. So um, I think I'd like the no fab in the cap self regulates interesting the big price but i you know it'd be tough to get i understand it's tough to get 12 people or whatever it might be to uh to go along right yeah and it's you know i know my home league we 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 set up it a while ago it being that if you if you picked up a guy in fab and he hadn't had a a price assigned to him yet um, through the draft or fab. He, he gets that value that you bid on him. Um, and also anyone who you happen to drop during the season, um, that guy can be picked up or for, let's say he's a $6 player in the draft and he was dropped and you pick him up for 34, you still get him for that six and not 34. I know right. a lot of, some people play with the, with the new market value and uh, like included instead, they get rid of the first price and they use the second price instead. So I've always wondered like what, what's like the best way but the, i mean the best way is usually when the league likes it right <laughs> yeah no that's i've been saying that for years the other thing with fab is and this is different in every league it, it develops its own culture but if you allow trading of fab mm-hmm. i don't want to call it lazy but you know you, you know all right if, if i you know if you're in a league like that and if you don't say i'm dropping this player offer me some fab you're not doing it right mm-hmm. but the fact that that's you know I don't like that. It just, to me, it's buying a player for fab. I don't know. It's just not what I want to be playing in fantasy baseball. So not having, not having fab to trade, you can't trade it. You know, we, <laughs> right. we, we trade it in, in tell wars and it, it, and it, it's usually used when I'm going to air quote proper way in that when a deal is slightly imbalanced, all right, what if I give you $5 or $10 of fab? Right. Um, and it as a, as a balancer. I, I can see that, but in keeper leagues and when it's just, when, when people are purchasing players that would have been dropped uh, just, ugh, it, it, it kind of, maybe cause I'm just never, you know, I'm not around to when the email comes out, I'm, I'm dropping this guy who offers me fab and I'm just never around to, uh, or, or, you know, usually I'm around, but I've got an Excel spreadsheet open. And I don't see, I don't see my email come across at that point. Mm-hmm. And by the time I close down the spreadsheet to look at, at my email, ah, I now see a trade announcement. You know, Joe Schmo went for five dollars a fab. I would have given him. I would have given him six. Anyway. anyway, absolutely. So one thing I did notice when I was looking at the overview for some of the NFC formats, I noticed that they they have a keeper league now. Is that something that's brand new? Do you know if that's new or? Yeah, it's no. I actually, I actually run an NFC keeper league. It, oh, it used to be. It used to be run on the NFP site, but it just, it just became difficult to administer it. So it's, it's, it's not officially on the NFPC site, but because it once was, we, we still call it the NFPCK, but that's, you know, that I don't, I'm, I actually have to poll the people soon to know if I need, have any openings, but I actually, but this, there is a new on site NFPC keeper league. Yes. And, uh, I, I've read I've read the rules. I don't recall, you know, seeing anything that went ugh, other than, um, you know, it's yeah, five keepers. Um, it's a two round bump from where you drafted the previous year. Yeah, and and trading is allowed, which will be you know reviewed by the um, the powers that be. Yeah, the powers that be. So I just yeah, find that pretty, Yeah. Yeah, it, and you can also trade future draft picks for current players. So it's it's interesting. Um, I, I I just happened to notice that actually 
you know, maybe two weeks ago and it popped up and I was like, oh, wait, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. So yeah, I think, I think they wanted to do it last year, but with the situation, they put it off a year. I may be wrong about that. Uh, they have a version of it in football as well. So um, I just, uh, I think, I think part of it is, is this the whole, you know, there is trades and not, not that I don't trust Greg, Tom and Derek. Right. I don't know. In a, in, a, in a keeper league, I'd like it to be self-controlled. And um, on the other hand, you know, part of the VIG goes to their, you know, and you kind of know, you know, what you're paying for is their decisions final. So right. maybe, 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 you know, as a commissioner, <laughs> yeah, get it out, get it out of my hair. You know, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not, we're not paying, we're not paying a VIG. We're, we're paying for the commissioning, you know? So right. yeah, I, I can see that, but yes. I'll, I'll look into it, you know, for sure. Cause you know, everybody thinks they're good at this, good at that. If you, if you're good at prospects now, you know, the, the thing about all keeper leagues is the, the rules have to be designed so that you have a, uh, you don't have a lot of turnover of, of, of players, do, not, not players. And, you know, I'm talking, you know, uh, league managers, right. Otherwise, you know, people, they, they dump their team, they, you know, they win, then they have a, a cruddy team, cruddy keepers and they leave the league. You got to find rules in a, in a stable set of owners so that uh, it, you don't have that sort of scenario going on. And, and not that, that's, not that that's going to happen in the NFBC, but I don't know. I'll add it up together. I, uh, I, I, I'm going to, you know, I, if I have the money to pay, I'd rather join the, uh, what do they call it? The, the, the single entry tournament or one of those. Right. Absolutely. So um, we'll stay on the NFBC. Talk to me about the cut line um, system. I know you had a hand in putting this format into play with um, how to um, put the roto style play and make the points almost kind of the same as that. So talk to me about how you came about to, um, you know, put that into effect. So the cut line is a best ball format mm-hmm. where uh, you, you, you know, we, we talked best ball at the beginning. The slight difference in the cut line is there are two fab periods um, so that you, you do get to one of them is very early in the season. This way you can draft a cut line now and not be at a disadvantage by all the news that occurs in the next you know, two months or whatever it might be. Um, and then there's another fab period a little bit into it to, to, to deal with injuries and, and that sort of thing. So there are two fab periods, but you're not managing your roster. Uh, that's done internally. And the other thing with the cut line, and that's why it's called a cut line, mm-hmm. is I think it starts at the all-star break. Uh, the top two or top three, whatever it might be in every league, makes it to the next round. And then three weeks later, the top teams make it to the next round. So you get a cut down. So that that's where the, you know, the, the cut line front comes from. And the other difference between points leagues is you, you kind of alluded to this. The scoring system is going to look really weird to people that come over from a points league. They're going to, what's, what's that all about? And this decision was made by the NFBC that they wanted a scoring system so that when you ranked the players, the ranking emulated five by five ranking so that people that would not have to do an entirely different set of research in order to participate in the cut line. Right. Because, you know, if, if you use a, 
there isn't a standard scoring system, you know, but if you use ESPN or CBS or Yahoo or Fantrax, they're all different in the ranking. The, the, the rankings generated are all different. So what Greg Ambrosius wanted was a point system such that when you, when, you know, when you drafted the cut line, the ADP would be pretty darn close to the, the draft championship one. And the other way of looking at it is one can use the draft championship ADP to help them along in the cut line. Right. So Kevin Dukeshire, KJ Duke uh, came up with the first iteration of points. The first, this is, you know, the, the first points. And that's when I was called in just to kind of fine tune that system, run them against five by five values, do some correlation studies you know what, I, KJ, this is great, but maybe we should add a point to this or take away a point. I didn't have to, you know, I gave a you know couple different suggestions and Greg and, you know, Kevin then went and, and kind of looked over, you know, yeah, let's do this. Or so I, KJ did the, the, did the real, I, KJ did the lifting. I was the spotter. Right. Sort, sort of thing. And Greg has got was, the easy job. Yeah. And Greg was the coach. <laughs> Greg, Greg was the coach. So, yeah. uh, so, um, at the time, I was kind of, I don't like this just because I felt I had an edge because I understand how to, how to do point scoring. And if the NFBC people don't really understand how to set rankings on, in a points league, I have an edge. But I, I grew to like the cut line just because I also, you know, the reason they did it is to increase the uh, competition and increase the number of people joining. And it's like, yeah, all right, fine. I give up my edge. And I found that they're, are enough places to still get an edge because as you know there's still some nuances with best ball so that even though the rankings if you just look at raw rankings right applying game theory even though the raw rankings may be pretty close once you start applying game theory uh you're not drafting one off the top of the rankings Right. You're, right. Uh, I was just going to ask you that, like, you know, you're just taking the next guy with the highest points, you know, it's, it, it's, it's more to it than that. Yeah. Because it's best ball. Right. So you've, you've got pitchers and in, in raw rankings, their, their cruddy starts are, are baked into their ranking. Well, in best ball, their cruddy starts stay in your bench and their good starts jump up. Right. Right. Uh, right. So maybe, maybe you, 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 you you don't worry about the, the, the dollar value. You just take pitchers at the end of the draft that are in good parks because their numbers should be better or on, you know, a crappy pitcher on a better team because he's going to get a few more wins. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, those, those ratios, the, the bad ratio starts, they don't burn you. They just, he just wasn't in your lineup that week. Right. You know, so right. In batters, it's the same way where, it, uh, you know, maybe you take a, a, a you're going to, you know, well, Arenado's maybe not the best example anymore because because he's not as good, Trevor Story. <laughs> but you're going to take, you know, Ryan McMahon, his, his, his numbers reflect his home numbers and his road numbers. But if you, if you only graded him on his home numbers, he would jump up in the rankings. Good point. So I'll take McMahon ahead of his ranking just because, you know, and if you take enough of these players – the idea is, you know, one of them will be at an advantage that week, whether it be seven home games or, well, actually it's, it's, it's half a week and half a week. Uh, or, or it may be a left-handed batter that faces a bunch of righties. 
So his numbers are naturally higher that week. So I'll, I'll, I'll jump up the Jock Petersons. I'll jump up the, um, you know, there's not as many platoon hitters as there once were. Colin Moran, not platoon hitters, but, but uh, Matt Joyce types that, you know, just excel a lot. Yeah. You know, I will jump those guys up above their ranking because, excuse me, their projection bakes in a, some at-bats against lefties, which right. just, aren't, just plain aren't going to see your lineup. So, and, and I, I don't play as much cut line as I want to. Maybe this year I'll be able to. I use the same strategy in the best ball. You know, I mean, I'm not going to pound my chest and said I did really, really well in a $10 best ball league, but, you know, I kind of did really, really well in the $10 best ball leagues. You know, I, you know, um, Absolutely. so, you know, I, that, you know, I'd like to show my, show my medal in the, in the cut. I've done fine in the cut line. Although one year I completely forgot about the fab and um, anyway, yeah. That's what happened to me this year. I forgot <laughs> about the first one, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't yeah, believe yeah. that!" It's, it's just... <laughs> the one I did. I did one that I paid for, and one that was just through like the athletic, uh, you know, yeah, subscriber. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that the one I happened to, you know, remember for some reason I forgot I had another team, and I was like, "It was a, it was a mess." It was not <laughs> something I'm proud to admit. Oh, but... <laughs> so frustrating, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and oh. then that's another thing I was wondering about the cut line fabs, like, uh, you know, I. It's, I've, I saw a lot of people use it all, uh, almost all, nine hundred and fifty bucks on the first first time. Um, I guess you know you get into players for more lengthier time of the season, especially like you said, if you drafted early in the season and there was some player movement that you had to really address. Um, but I feel like it's such an interesting part of the uh, format to you know have to anticipate when you want to pounce. Yeah. Now, what I did or, or learned to do was no first of all i mean you do what your team tells you to do if you if you have a bunch of holes you've got a bunch of holes and you've got to do this if you don't have a bunch of holes then you can save the fab for the next time but and i think the i think they're still there most people still have access to old leagues go to your cut lines and go to the second fab period and see the purchases that were made the quality of the player and how much it cost. Now, there's no guarantee that you're going to get the same type of player with the same type of money. But if you look at enough leagues, you will get a feel for what you'd like to have at your disposal during that second fab period. Right. So the point now being, make sure after the first fab period that you have it. And the right. other the other end of it is, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't mean that, you know, I said you do what your team tells you to do as far as filling holes. If you look at that second fab period, you say, you know what, the most I'm going to spend, you know, worst case scenario is $300. Well, then spend 700 in the right. first one, whatever the numbers turn out to be. And if that means just going goofy, if there's just one guy, a closer, whoever, I don't care, that just emerged. And, you know, if the other, if every other league paid 300 and you'd paid six fifty. Who cares? You know, get them because because uh, you're not gonna you, you, you're not gonna spend the money away. I don't. These numbers aren't. I'm just kind of making them up. You have to kind of go to your leagues, you know, if you, if, and 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 take a look to see what happened over over history. But that's kind of the way I'm approaching it. Is I have a an idea of what I want to spend during the second. If it turns out that I didn't have any injuries or very few, I just, I do that. I'm not leaving a 300 on the table. I'm going to spend 280 on who I perceive to be the best player. Even if he goes for 200 in every other league, 
I don't, it's not overpaying. It's, you know, who cares? Right. Absolutely. I think it's, um, I think it's great that you pointed out about, you know, just diving into the history and extracting um, the data that you could use. I was, you know, last year was my first year in the NFBC fully. I did a second chance league in 2019, but I just really starting to, you know, in the middle of the season, I caught in the, in the middle of a short season really had to, you know, get the most out of the website. So um, that's definitely important to, you know, the data is there. You could check it out. And like you said, you could look at some of the, the ways to maneuver around the fab. Um, it, it may even be, I know that, I know that uh, regular league fab is posted on the NPC forum. I don't want to, maybe I can try to look while we're, while we're talking, go back in the, uh, in the archives, but I wouldn't be surprised if they actually post the, the fab results on the forum. Interesting. Interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. So I've been, you know, diving into the best ball world more this year. Uh, I think I did one um, BB 10 last year. Mm -hmm. um, and so this year I've been, you know, getting into some fan tracks ones, some NFBC ones. And yep. one of the, one of the interesting topics that I, I see and approaches is closers or not closers. You know, it's, 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 it's one of those, um, things where some teams are just none at all and some teams are not afraid to roster the closers in a best ball league what's your thoughts on that how do you i mean a point is a point or is it is it uh, is there something deeper than that i it it, it, it depends on the format right but it, it also depends upon the inventory of closers my approach is i want a bunch of closers or i want none because right. <laughs> You're getting the idea being the week that that guy gets, you know, the week that they're playing the, the Tigers and your closer gets two or three saves in a series, he's gold that week, especially in FBC scoring. Right. The, the cut line in the best ball tens because it's designed to be five by five. Uh, you know, so saves or get a ton of up, get a huge number of points. So I, if I just get one or two closers, you know, there's a chance that neither of them are in my lineup that week. And I'm trusting a starting pitcher to take that spot. But if I have four or five closers, two or three of them are going to get you know at least one save, maybe two or three. So it's, it's kind of reading the room. And you, you kind of this, this year, like I said, unfortunately, there's just not as many closers that fit the bill. Maybe there will be by, I don't know, Mar uh, mid-February in, in another month. Mm -hmm. We may have a little bit better idea. Of, of who's closing where and, and more confidence that, yeah, it's going to be J.D. Wendell Canner. It's going to be somebody. Yes, please. You know, <laughs> someone, <laughs> you know it, it, some of these guys that we're questioning right now, right. at least in our heads, are a little bit more secure. Because point being, in order to get four or five, you know, of, of what you consider to be of the top, I don't know, 12 or 15 closers, no one, no one else can be taking them. But right. if there's only eight closers, what you think are worth it, it's tough to get four or five of them. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> 100% right. Yeah, so no, you, it totally makes sense. Yeah, so what I'll do is I will I will say um, I want to know where Josh Hader's going to go. And depending upon where Josh or whoever the first closer may be, maybe it's Liam Hendricks at this point. I want to know where Liam Hendricks is going to go. And if he goes, you know, really, really early – that tells me the room is probably going to be in on closers and I'll look in another direction. But if it gets to a point where I'm, you know, if I'm the one that takes him it, it, it and in my head, I'm saying, well, this room is shy on closers, 
I'm going to get, you know, especially if you're around a wheel where you can double tap them. So you're guaranteed to, right? Right. right. And in a cut line, it's only 10 teams. So you're, you're less likely to miss a run. True. So it's Good a point. lot easier to get four, you know, bing, bang early and then bing, bang a little bit later. Uh, so I, I don't, I mean, people, they're so, they're so, they're so variable to me in best ball. You want to embrace the variance. That's what you want. That's we talk about getting, gaining, gaining edges. To me, that's the, the thing with best ball. You want to embrace the variance. I'm scared of the variance in, in regular rotisserie. I want yeah. I run, I run from <laughs> variance, but, and maybe that's why I like the best ball so much. Cause it lets me be, you know, it takes, it's a different side of me out you know i get to i get to i understand the what the variance is all about it's kind of i mean i don't it, it's kind of it's not the perfect analogy but it's kind I mean, i'm not a gpp dfs player because there too you have it's not so much embracing the variance it's embracing the low probability hits you know right. to, you know it, it's just not give me a cash game because that's like you know whatever it's the same it's it's not the same the analogy is not perfect but the it's the similar mindsets between you know so um, yeah it's, it's kind of cool I don't have you know I don't have to I don't I don't cringe when I take a risky player in best ball because it right. helps you I have never been so excited in my life to take Herman Marquez and Logan Webb <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you know I'm like yes when I get them I'm just like super excited I'm like I can't believe I just got Logan Webb and I'm so happy um, yeah, but yeah, yeah it's exactly you know like you said with McMahon um, and and being the Colorado at home, you get all that goodness. And, you know, with Marquez, I've been, uh, he's a guy I've been targeting in, in, in best ball league. Cause I feel like, you know, take out all his crap start then, you know, that's a, that's a good picture right there. <laughs> and he, st- he gives you some good starts at home. Right. So, I mean, yeah. And he it, gives it, you volume, just volume. Yeah, right, 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 right. And I think, yeah, innings matter because in, in order to make the ratios, in order to have the ratio, you know, ratio weight i think at bats and innings go into the scoring now i think it's negative at bats but but even so uh the volume helps so i'm looking i'm I'm trying to go through the the old board as we're talking here and i don't i'm not all right i'm not going back far enough to see the fab so let's keep talking and i'll let you know (laughs) you got it yeah actually one one other question on the best ball before we move on to some some draft champion is now that i heard you mention about the gpp and the cash and and a dfs style game so do you have a different approach if you play like a double up best ball as approached to like one that has a higher first place prize or is it just the same concept just right point i don't no i don't just the same thing it's it's i don't think I, I don't think you can be good enough to forecast well, that. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I, I think, I, I yeah. To me, you still want to maximize the points, and I, I haven't thought a ton about it. I I don't, you know, because I feel that I'm good. I I don't do the double ups. <laughs> I gotcha. Right. I you know I do the ones you know and, and but you know, I I think I did a double up. You know, all right, I want to draft. All right, the only things available is a double up. I don't think, I don't think I would change what I'm doing. Cause I think you don't, you don't want an injury to burn you. Um, I don't think I would change it. Plus if you the baseball, the best ball tens, the, 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 the lineups are truncated. I mean, people are going to, oh, these guys are talking about it. They're going to go, Oh, because it's just, it's only four pitchers active. And you know, it's just, it's just a small lineup. 
it's like, why am I doing this? I'm wasting my time. Well, it's fun. Um, but I, I, I don't think you can get too, I don't know that there's, I don't know that I would do a difference and I'm taking a long time to answer the, what we have already answered. So. No, that's okay. That's a, <laughs> Actually, okay. I'm, I'm vamping trying to see if uh, I can find the fab on the website. I don't see it. So okay. maybe the cut line fab doesn't get posted on the website. Doesn't get posted. Okay. Good to know. I have to dig more into the forum stuff and you just get lost in it for days as well as like on the master's <laughs> ball thing. I'm like, it's too much. It's too much for my brain. I can't handle it. <laughs> um, so let's talk about um, some, some drafted holes some draft champions um, drafting, you know, like right now and this uh, in this time where there's still some, you know, free agents out there, like you've mentioned with the closers, the shuffling around um, yeah. and just, um, I wanted to know about your desired uh, batter pitcher splits. Um, so how many batters you're taking, how many pitchers, and also like the position minimums for, you know, how many catchers, outfielders, what's your desired targets? Um, with the, with the addendum, I haven't done one yet. And it, 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 it might depend upon what my strategy is in the pool itself. I actually lean pretty pitcher heavy. Okay. I, I, I mean, I think I may, I, I will have at least, 23 out of the, you know, 27 hitters, 23, but I can go up to 26 and, and depending upon the multiple eligibility that they get out of my hitters and how safe they feel, I, I can, I can go that high. Now, the reason I say that is this year, my overall strategy with pitching is pretty heavy early, avoid the middle and then go hard at the end with streamers. And in, in the DC, I could see myself, going pretty hard on the relievers, which are generally, you, you'd like to think that they're more stable as far as injury goes. So maybe I need fewer of them. I, I don't know, but I, I would, I mean, minimum 22, 23. And like I said, I've been known to have more pitchers and hitters. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Last year. And I, I, I've never won the overall. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, 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 I defer to someone who maybe has won the overall. But, um, you know, as far as catchers go, I like to, and I haven't thought enough about it this year. Maybe I can come up with a, a, actually I can come up with one off the top of my head. What I like to do is to get two guys in the same team that play, that play fairly equally, you know, that, that two guys that would be drafted regardless. And the one that came to my head, and we don't know about Max Stacy's injury, but maybe Max Stacy and Kurt Suzuki. Right. Absolutely. They're not, they're not great, but they're both, they're both going to be, you know, draft worthy catches this way. You, you, and you, if you pay, if the pick is commensurate with their, with their contribution, then, you know, you're getting what you're paying for. But if one were to get hurt, right. The other one is now that much better. Right. Right. It's a, yeah. When they're, we're doing a little battle, of the podcast draft, and there's a couple of teams that have taken that approach, did a little double tap with, um, teams um so it's definitely um an interesting concept now i mean jumping back to best ball uh i'm all over jt riamuto just because of the 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 volume that he gives you a catcher and the way that people misprice it but you know i'm less inclined in the dc to pay for a top catcher i'll i'll, I'll piece it together um you know i may I may go, all right, here's another example. I'm trying to, is, is Chirino still with Texas? Whatever. I might go with Sam Huff and their catcher. And then in Toronto, uh, you know, Jansen's so terrible. But, you know, Kirk and Jansen, just because 
if you're getting them at a discount, you know, what it, it, there's a chance that that Kirk takes the job. Right. You know, and I'm not alone in thinking that. Um, and then Texas with Sam Huff, there's a chance that he wins the job outright. But if you, if you, 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 you the idea, you know, you got the one of them and the other guy gets hurt, he does get the job. So I do try to pair catchers up. I will minimum four, sometimes five. It's one of those, I don't like anybody else. Yeah, this guy could play. And so I'll draft my fifth catcher. But more often than not, it's four because if you, the long, I mentioned before, you know, you're looking for a return based upon where you take them. So the later you take them, the less of a return you expect. So if they do get hurt or stink or whatever, you're not losing as much. You know, if you take a, a Yasmani Grandal and he gets hurt, it's a big, it's hard to make up that, that, that lost production. Even you know, if you get a, a first baseman that you took at that point, you know, you maybe get CJ Crone later and you don't lose as much production. So I, I'll pound the catchers in the, uh, the middle in the, you know, in the high teens and low twenties as, uh, you know, as opposed to something earlier. Yeah. I've, I've, it's an interesting thing catcher right now. And in my most recent league that I'm in, I, I did a little, almost a pocket catcher, if you will. I did a Contreras and JT or, um, uh, it's just a it was an approach that said hey you know what let me let me just try having uh the you know the guy the two most guys i could trust i feel like with plate appearances is that uh, it was it a draft champions league yeah draft champions league yeah, yeah. Must, must be nice to have the money to do those experiments <laughs> and, <laughs> just you know what i love that I, I i love trying things like that right and i think that's a smart idea and it as you know if, if that team doesn't do good it's not necessarily because of that. You have to look at what else happened. Of course. But I think that's a, you know, I think, and, 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 and you know, pl- plaudits to you. It's one thing for me to do it in a, the Rotowire magazine draft because, you know, I, it, it, you know, I write about it. It's done. There's no repercussions. Right. Doing this sort of thing. You know, I, I'm joking about the money. Money's money, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, money's money. Absolutely. So if you, you know, you, you, you're paying for these leagues to, to do it in those leagues, where it, it, there is a repercussion if it doesn't work. 100%. Yeah, good, good for you. Right. Um, so I wanted to ask you, too, about filling in positions. Um, is it, Do you find it more critical as you're going through the draft to say, I need uh, a third baseman if there's a better player available in the pool for you to draft and roster? Um, and how do you work against that? Okay. I'm more into team construction then I, you know, as far you know, you talk, when you talk about better player, than I am about the positions, quite frankly, because, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, talking about seven and eight dollar players costing a dollar. Mm-hmm. At some point, and I also kind of alluded the other part of it is, is you, you're, what you're looking for is a certain return at each of the picks. It's obviously a, a descending level of, you know, you, you expect more from your fifth round player than you do from your 12th round player. Duh. Thank you, Lord Obvious. But um, so, it's my experience is at some point during the 23 round draft, you're good. Someone that you want that fits your team will be available at each position. Some people all, you know, I I don't, you know, there's no good second baseman. I want to take a good second baseman. Well, there's a bunch of terrible second baseman and you take them in the 22nd round. Someone says, well, you know, you got a really bad second baseman. 
well, but you have someone worthy of the 22nd pick, you know? So what I have found is the pool is deep enough that I can focus more on, well, I, I, I really like my foundational pitching. It's pretty stable. I got some strikeouts. I think I need to take a chance on this youngster or on this injured player here, as opposed to, you know, so what I'm looking to fill in is, is traits. I'm not looking to fill in positions. And if you, right. you know, so it's, 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 it's a fairly new line of thinking that I'm trying to get, you know, push myself towards. And you mentioned Rotowire. I did a whole series of, of tiering. The tears uh, of clown. Tears, yeah, of, a the clown. tears of a clown. I loved it. Based Absolutely. on this, you know, it, so you're not, you know, you're not saying, um, you know, when you, when you're taking, you know, I, it all started because of Zach Greinke, to be honest. Really? That so many people are ranking Greinke, you know, here. And if you see, I mean, you know, you, you can't see me, my hands up high. And then, but they, when they, they don't take him here, they won't draft him until he's here. And my hands are a lot lower. My point being, it's one thing to rank him at a certain point, but if you're not taking him at that point, there's something wrong with the rankings. The, per, the, the previous pitcher that this always happened to was, was Chris Archer right? We, I, I hate the word experts, but, you know, people that, that do rankings and whatever, Archie would always be, you know, whatever, 70th, 80th. But when they do a mock draft for a magazine or a real draft and, you know, he, why didn't you take him in that round? You know, he was available. Well, well then you, you, you misranked him then. <laughs> so, but, but if, if I'm ranking by classification and I can classify Greinke as aging risk players but potential to be good and I, at that point i don't want to take a risk then i'm not passing on a guy i have ranked higher i'm passing on the characteristics of that pitcher you know and conversely if i said if i'm you know I, I really like my 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 foundation three starting pitching like you can't say 600 innings this year but but you know whatever uh you know i, I think they're going to give me the innings and I'd like to take a chance and there's a, and the room is shy on Granky. I don't want to be, you know, I want to be one year too early as opposed to one year too late. Well, now I'll take him because I'm, I'm, I'm eyeing a risk at that spot and that's the risk I'll take. So right. I, I, I'm hoping that I'm able to do a few more drafts with this. It's, I started to use this mindset, had some pretty good success, but it was the short season and, and this, that, the other thing, I, I really want to get into some more drafts and use this mindset to see if it's just Zola trying to, you know, be different or if it's actually makes makes sense. Yeah. I love the way you broke it down. I loved your classification names. You know, you have the FOMOs and, you know, big, you know, big power average. It was great. It was just, and I like the classification. Like you said, you're grouping them into guys, like not a specific ranking in order, but Hey, these guys are of a similar profile and pick and choose from, you know, this, yeah, you know, the, right. these groups. Yeah. Very, very cool. Love that. You don't want to go overboard though and get too, too myopically focused on team construct that you do let a better player go because it doesn't fit the construct. You right. got 26 weeks, knock on wood. This is me knocking on wood. 26 weeks. The, 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 the landlords think someone's at their door. 26 weeks to, uh, imagine when I do the fan tracks drafts and they hear the siren every 10 minutes, uh, but um, 
So you know, you've got 26 weeks to, to man, you know, so even though, you know, team construction, team construction, you, if there's a player and, oh, he doesn't fit my construct, but man, if he's just air quotes better than the rest, take him. You'll figure it out. You got 26 right. weeks to right. figure it out. Absolutely. Totally makes sense. What's your, what's your feelings on statistical targets? Is it, is it, ha- does it have value to track or is it just something that's fun to do? All right. We started when we talked inflation and I prefaced the whole thing by saying, if it's wrong, but makes you feel good, it's right. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing. Now you know where I'm going. I yeah. think, I think tracking targets to me, it's a waste of time. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not being braggadocious. I'm just being, I'm, I'm telling the truth right now. I have never ever lost a draft. I've lost, I wish my end of the season record were as good as my, you know, tongue and cheek. You can't see my tongue in my cheek here. My point being, if you don't leave the draft with the best team based on, I don't care if, I mean, maybe, you know, if you use masters ball numbers, HQ, your own numbers, if you do not leave the draft with the by far the best team based upon your expectations, there's something wrong, you know? Right. So I don't, I just, I fail to see how a team is better if you're drafting towards a target, then if you just draft the best player you feel is needed for your team at that time, I think you, you can end up with the same team. Uh, well, although in the, in what I have seen people that draft towards targets is at the end of the draft, they try to win the draft. Right. right. They're looking at the standings. Oh, I need a stolen base guy here. No, you don't. If, if the stolen base guy is going to drag average down and this, that, and the other thing, and there's a better player, you, you can figure steals out. You don't know exactly how it's going to work out. So the, I mean, the, the, the detriment is, and if, if you, if, you know, if you come back and you're, you know, in, in Twitter and you tell me, I don't do this, I'm going to keep tracking. That's fine. But as long as you don't make, make picks that, you know, to win the draft and not win the league, sure. Track. I, people I've, I've been saying this for years in the, the, the primary reply being, I track because I like to know my home run and stolen base balance. Right. Perfect. That's fine. Right. You know, again, I've been doing this so long. I do projections. I stare at players, you know, 24 hours a day, it seems. I guess it's just intuitive for me. I kind of have a feel for my, my home run and stolen base balance. If you'd like the numbers to be there to show you that balance, go for it. It's not wrong. Right. I think, you know, what's wrong is taking your 22nd pick to make sure you that the the roto lab standings or the the my my projected my 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 standings that I provide are that you won the league that you won the draft you don't want to win the draft you want to win the league. Got it. No, it makes perfect sense. I think mostly I've been paying attention to like then, innings pitched and played appearances just to make sure that I'm not yeah. like going to be you know short on that. But um, yeah, and, and, I. I but the other part about it because before I forget, we've kind of alluded to it is standings just take the, the not the statistics of the nine pitchers. They, they can't capture how you're going to manage them. And I don't care what league it is, you're managing them, right? The draft championship, the main event, you are, you are streaming pitchers in. You're using relievers. Oh, I want to use my third closer this week. So you, you can't – that's not captured in standings. Right. right. It's just the not, you know, you mentioned Herman Marquez, you, you're, you're only, you know, you're drafting him as your fifth starting pitcher probably, but he's not going to pitch 
26 weeks or active 26 weeks, but yet you've got 26 uh, weeks of his projection baked into these air quote standings. So uh, air that's, quotes. That's, yeah, that's kind of, you know, I, I provide my, we, we've alluded to the Google sheet that I provide as a tracker. People want the standings in there and that's fine. They can use them. Um, I use the tracker to, to, as bookkeeping, not to keep track of the standings, but you know, I mean, a businessman, if people want the standings, I'll program the standings. Right. You know, my, my fingers aren't going to fall off because I program <laughs> the standings, you know? Absolutely. So, and people beat me target drafting. Yeah. So, you know, who am I to say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to see that, you know, like everyone's different outlooks on it. I know some people don't pay attention to it. And some people and the, are really the, like locked into it. So. And the irony, I don't know if it's, I'm not sure irony is the word. Maybe it is in this case. Irony is often overused. But the irony is back in the day, I was I was kind of the first one to come up with NFPC average standings. Okay. So people would people would you know and I and I talked about target drafting. I was I wrote about it. So I, the irony being you know I I'm the one that kind of I don't want to say first started because that's kind of people have been doing it for years. I may have been the first one that you know took the time to download standings into Excel and come up with an average and you know hey Zola's got the standings from last year. Let's email them or whatever. Right. So, so the, the fun, I, I guess it's kind of ironic, but the funny thing is, you know, I was one among the first to produce the average NFE standings. And now I'm saying, here they are, just don't use them. <laughs> that is quite ironic. I love it, though. I love it, though. Um, okay, so we went through some formats. We knocked that out. I'm just going to do a couple of quick would you rathers um, and for a draft and hold right now using NFBC ADP from mm-hmm. January 1st to today. Um, and I had the first one I want to bring up is first base question. Um, it's two guys locked in at 183 and 183 and a half. And it's Jared Walsh versus Reese Hoskins. Oh, this is, oh man. I hope they get harder. <laughs> oh, this is, this is, this is Hoskins every day. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, I mean, the only caveat is he's he's coming off coming off an injury, but he apparently is going to be. He's already hitting the cage. Uh, t- it wasn't even Tommy John, right? It was uh, modified Tommy John, or am I confusing him with another player? Right. Yeah. No, I think it was a modified Tommy Modif- John. Yeah, so it was yeah. it was Hoskins. It had and more he, to do, I think, I believe, with his forearm tendon and not the yeah. ulnar. Yeah, it was, it was it was modified Tommy John, and yeah, I mean. Yeah, ne- ne- next. Next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, while, 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 I mean, I love what he did. You know, you love to see players like that. It's a great story. Uh, a lot of that wasn't supported. Hoskins is better than he showed. And, you know, 180 is what? That's the 12th. It's like the 14th round. You, there's going to be a wart on the player. Hoskins has a batting average wart. So, you know, I'll take the power every day. Right. It's a consistent known power, I believe. Absolutely. Okay. Second one is two second base free agents. Colton Wong at 350 versus Cesar Hernandez at 390. All right. This one's hard. <laughs> uh, this one's the, the easy cop out answer is I want needs. You know, Wong steals a few more of the bases than Hernandez. Hernandez is more of the on base run type. Oh, gosh. Because I think they're the same. Um, right. So now it comes now in my head, I'm thinking, which of them do I think neither of them are signed? Which of them has a better chance to play? Right. Which of them has a better chance to play a lot and hit towards the top of the order? And I guess Hernandez gets a slight edge, but Wong runs and he plays really good defense. Right. Are you concerned with any of them getting a full time starting? Uh, at job? this point, you have to. 
Right, hundred percent. At this point, you know, I think either of these guys would look. Um, well, it's like Cleveland because, but they just got rid of Hernandez. Um, we'll see what. Well, actually, you know, what Toronto's doing, they're not signing Brantley, but even so, they're still logjam. You know, you could move Kevin Biggio to third and put either of those guys at second, and 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 and, and help help to clean up or help to clear up some uh, so, some roster stuff. But all right, you you want an answer? I'm gonna go Wong just because the steals. I I don't mind getting. I'd like the steals at that point. Gotcha, love it. Uh, next one is outfield. Tommy, this is a I think an every year. Um, um, who would you rather? If Tommy Pham versus Ramon Laureano. Right? Going at 117 for Pham and 135 for Mr. Laureano. Um, I'm going to go Laureano just because I think I think he's a little well, – I like his health track record just a little more. I really like Pham as a player. But I think Pham is also getting to the point where he may curtail the running a bit mm-hmm. because I don't know how much he's going to have to run. Right. That, That's a good that point. Team. And I think Laureano is still at the point where running matters, but um, I'm surprised. See, I haven't, like I said, haven't done a ton of drafts. I mean, fam has routinely been, you know, top sixties, top 75. Right. Absolutely. And I think Laureano has been, you know, I think underpriced. So the fact they're so close is interesting to me and that would sort of lean towards fam, but um, I I'll go Laureano and I'm probably wrong, but I'll go, you know what? If I know both were going to be healthy, it's fam. So this is a this is a health bet. Got it. I like it. All right. Now I want to know your best target for a multi-eligibility player. What what is your um your uh, term for that? MEP. It's a MEP, right? Yeah, it's a, a MEP. MEP. It's perfect. What's your best MEP target um at being a corner and a middle um eligible guy at cost? Uh I guess. I guess, I guess McNeil. Mm, love it. As a Met uh, fan, I, I love that answer. <laughs> I think, I think it could be Jeff McNeil. Mm-hmm. I think you can make an argument for Tommy, Tommy Edmond as well. Right. And they're both probably right in that same range. Yeah, they're pretty. Actually, McNeil has um, jumped his way into the lower nineties, and okay. I think Edmond is still at about one twenty. I think that has to do with keen context. Right. One of those two teams wants to win. We don't know about the other of those two teams. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Mets are one of those few teams that are. Oh wait, we can make trades. We can make we can do transactions this offseason. So, uh, I think it may have to do as much with team context as anything else. Now, um, I like Biggio. He's sneaky second and third, but he may be pushed down the order now. Yeah, it looks like that. That has the possibility of happening. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be ninth, but if he's sixth or so. It's still going to cost him 30, 40 plate appearances. Maybe yep. it pick, maybe help, hurts his, helps his running. I don't know. But, you know, the volume right. aspect of it there, especially when there's some batting average risk, you know, you, you, you kind of wanted the volume to keep the counting stats up. Right. Fantastic. Um, all right. How about a player going past 480p who you think is going to return the most um, profit for you um, at the end of the year? Oh gosh, you know when I actually pulled the ADP up and I into to to look at the form, I got rid of it. Um, if you if you if you ask me that other question first, um, I remember my answers there. <laughs> a player in a top hundred? 
Yeah, that, that one fall. I, yeah, that, that one I remember. The other one I forgot who I who I yes. picked. One player in the top 180p who will make the most dramatic fall um, when it comes to ADP for 2022. Yeah, you see, I think choosing Danielson Lamette is the the, the cop out because if you're saying he's going to get hurt, I think that's the easy way out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pound this 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 thought process again, and I kind of hope I'm wrong. But I'm, I'm concerned about Zach Plesak. And I know he's kind of the darling right now. And there are, he's better than I, you know, he has made improvements. He has made solid and tangible, uh, real improvements. But there are a couple of, I'm not going to call them red flags. There's a couple of yellow flags that have me a bit concerned uh, relative to where he's being drafted. And I, I've tweeted about it. And that is, he started eight games, and we can. This isn't even involved in the NL and AL Central and how weak the divisions are. This goes beyond that. Uh, he started eight games, three of which on four days rest, three of which on five days rest, and three of which were on more than five days rest. Although at least one of those was coming off of that punishment thing with the whole Clevenger. So mm-hmm. who knows what work he was doing on the uh, alternate site. But the point being, and I know it's a small sample. But Bill James himself says extremes and small samples can be actionable. He pitched progressively better with more rest. So I want to see what happens when he pitches, you know, 26, 28, 30 games against better competition on four days rest. I think there's enough concern there. I'm not going to call him a total bust because he has improved his skills. But I think I think people, the, the, the betting on the come to me, is just far too aggressive on a guy like Zach Plezak right now. So, I feel the same way with you. So, you know, I, I mean, I agree with that answer absolutely. You know, I, I there may be someone who I maybe actually feel more, but I I I, I kind of want to get that Plezak argument out there. Right. So I have the, the the ADP pulled, and I'm trying to remember there was a guy actually. Oh, I know what it, I know who it is. Um, Four sixty one. Uh, using your January 1st criteria, uh, Edward Olivares. Ooh, nice. Tell me now, about this. It's the it's it's a combination of playing time and steals. He's going to run. I mean, would you rather, I mentioned Victor Robles before, Victor Reyes. I'd rather take a shot. 460, what's that? That's the, that's, he's not even, he wouldn't even be drafted. Well, I mean, he could be, but that's outside of the 30th round. Right, it is. Yep. So in the main event, he could be on the free agent list. Give me, you know, give me Oliveris as one of my first reserves in a DC. And if he does get the full time job, and he does run, he didn't. And, and one of the reasons he's so depressed, suppressed in price is he didn't run at, at last year at all. Right. But if you look at his history, he can steal. So I mean, if you had asked me this last year, it would have been Victor Reyes, not Robles, Victor Reyes, and for a lot of the same reasons. I just, I just see, and, and I'm not going to, we didn't really talk about it, but I'm not going to try to win the stolen base category. I kind of want to come in the middle. And then if I need steals, you know, go up, go after it in fab or if it's trading league trade for some steals. So, right. you know, I want to just pound away at the, at the home runs, RBI and runs and uh, let batting average fall where it may. And we'll see what happens in steals. And my research has shown that's what winning teams do is uh, I've done the research in the NFBC championship teams fare worse in the state in the steals category than they do any other category so it's not just me i'm basing part of that on on history 
and that this is what winning teams do. I want to win. So I'm going to kind of do, you know, close to the same thing. Um, gotcha. That's a good, uh, there was a second, there was a guy that I kind of had like as my, my, actually, I think he was closer to closer to 400. So I was looking for somebody a little bit lower. I don't, I don't see his name off the top of, off the top here, but um, 460 is deep enough to go with. I like it. That's a good guy to note right there. All right. Got through the whole list of stuff I wanted to get to and actually had a couple of listener questions on Twitter and it's yeah. pretty much stuff that we talked about already. We, um, we had a question concerning the free agents. I mean, we just did, uh, I briefly asked you about that. Is there a concern about them not signing or getting jobs? Um, and um, did Jay Drury 12, um, he, he mentioned guys like Wilson Ramos and Wong and Pilar and Cesar Hernandez. So um, I guess the, is the risk too, too much to saddle? He said, I guess I, I have, I need to do this on my, my own, you know, I, I have playing time projection grids. Right. And I, I kind of leave, I don't force roster research. Roster research does a great job. The one thing that they do that maybe doesn't help fantasy is they force a starting lineup based upon the available players to the team at that time. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yes. They, okay. They, they list their roster. And if, even if you know, that this team is going to go out and acquire a left fielder, they'll make out a roster with the, you know, the fourth outfielder as a starter. I understand why they're doing it. I'm not saying it's wrong, but what in my own grids, I will leave, you know, 80% playing time open. So what I need to do is I need to go over my grids and see how many of these open spots I have and then compare them to this is kind of what we're doing in a draft. This is how you do a draft, the, the sort of research you do do a draft to know what's available. The open, the open spot. How many, how many teams I expect to still sign players, versus how many are left. Um, there's just a lot. There's a lot of second basemen out there. How many teams need a second baseman? That's what it's going to come down to. I think the thing that Wong has to his advantage, as I mentioned, he's a good fielder, and Hernandez is good, good on base skills. But I don't know. There's a, yeah, all right. Nason Cruz, I'm not worried about. Wilson Ramos, I am. Is he going to catch? 80 games, 120 games, his defense is slipping. Maybe right. he catches 60 games. So right. it goes player by player, but I think you have to, I mean, I understand what's going on in MLB now, but you, you have to be concerned about these guys getting, you know, you, you'd like them to get at least the strong side of a platoon. PR deserves it. Good defense, but he's right-handed hitter. Right. You know, maybe he gets it left. Maybe he falls into a platoon and then comes in for defense, which we don't, we don't want that in the mixed league. Right. Of we don't, you know, I didn't win the championship and I, I don't want 300 bats out of my outfielder. I need 450 minimum. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I feel the same way about the free agents. It's just a, you know, it's a case by case basis. You got to try yeah. to identify if you think they're going to be able to land a job. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to forecast that. And especially in a draft and whole league, you know, you want to, you, you know, you want to lean toward the safer side. I've been, I think, drafting a little too many free agents, but uh, I, I think it's more of the, it was the upper tier guys like you know the the Hendricks and Bowers the guy that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you know but the lower level guys there's definitely some concern with that and um actually another question too from Andrew Poplin and we covered this he was asking about you know tracking your draft and trying to win the round versus win the draft and you totally answered that during the pod uh talking about you know con- just, just being concerned with winning no one, the league no one's ever had Yahoo dumped on them after they, <laughs> after they won the draft at least right maybe some people out there 
But um, I you know I I, I said my I said Yahoo Yahoo. No one Yoo-hoo, said yeah. no one said <laughs> no one said yeah the, the Yahoo people are going what? Um, yeah the uh, yeah no one said the Yahoo shower for winning the draft. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right, Todd, that's, um, that'll be it for tonight. I think it ran pretty long, um, but we got through some really good stuff. I really appreciate your time coming out, talk to me and lending your, 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 your lengthy history of fantasy advice for us. Um, I think it's going to be something that uh, the listeners have got a lot of value. Uh, value. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, I, you know, I like that word value, although this is the proper, this is the problem. You know, you can't, you can't put potential. I like the listeners to get a lot of potential out of this. <laughs> whatever but uh, no I, I thanks for the invite i i uh i think you're going about doing this the right way and i like to you know like to help out people that are doing things the right way so uh you know good luck with this you've had some good guests and i, I guarantee you got some nice nice people lined up for the uh for the future and uh good luck with it man and hope to see yeah. you uh, hope to see you uh, you know hope to see you on a uh in a draft uh sometime soon absolutely yeah go, i appreciate go that. easy on me you know who i want go easy on me <laughs> Oh man, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's great to. Um, I hear, I heard a lot of pods. You know, when I was thinking about doing a podcast, it was just straight, you know, straight numbers and you know ADP talk. I know we hit a little bit on it, but I was like mostly like I want to hear if people are willing to share. Obviously, I want to hear like you know how how to play the game and you know what goes behind it because I think there's so much um, there's so much to extract from that. You know, and sure. sometimes it's just a lot easier to to hear it and and rather than reading like an article or two, but again, yeah, thank you so much. Um, why don't you tell everyone, uh, you know, where they could find you and where could they find your work and all the uh, lengthy list of employees you have. <laughs> well, right, well, right now I'm in my office in Milford, Massachusetts, just knocking that. No, I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> I'm on Twitter and it's just at Todd Zola, T-O-D-D-Z-O-L-A, but I'll, I'll be upfront and honest. I don't answer a lot of questions on Twitter. Uh, however, I will answer everything, absolutely everything posted on the Masters Ball form, it's free to register. Uh, Masters Ball, make sure you have the S in the middle because Master Ball is, uh, is, a, is a racquetball site, at least it used to be, mastersball.com. Um, sure, I'd like you to buy the, the, the subscription, but even if you don't, I will answer every question on the form. I just, uh, Twitter, it just gets to be too much, I probably because I need more than 240 characters to ask you more details about the question you're asking me, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I, we mentioned master's ball. That's, that's home base. My, uh, that's, that's the mothership. Uh, I write for Rotowire, which we kind of alluded to. And I also do work for ESPN and uh, have a show uh, actually starting this weekend, two shows on MLB network radio. I do with uh, Rotowire's clay link. Uh, he drives. I, uh, I, I navigate from the, from the passenger seat on MLB network radio not this, not the fantasy show, the actual radio show, uh, MLB Network, and then on Sundays, Jeff Erickson and I are going to get back together and and start up our fantasy show on the fantasy, the fantasy channel on uh, on Sirius. So again, well, Jeff, 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 I may drive later in the year. Jeff will drive at the beginning, uh, and then we'll, we'll see. But you know, we 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 banter back and forth, and it's uh, it's fun. So in here, there, and I and um, I'm a fairly regular on the Baseball HQ podcast, so. Once, once uh, Patrick David and company start to kick those off, I'm sure I'll be asked to uh, 
to explain inflation on on, on PD's podcast. <laughs> One of my favorite um, intro jingles. For some reason, that song like gets me into a happy mood. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Awesome. Again, Todd, I appreciate you coming out with me and um, hopefully we could do this again sometime in the future and hopefully sometime in the um, far future when we get to see each other again, we get to meet at uh, first pitch and, you know, um, get to see the whole community. That's, man, yeah. that's the plan. Yeah, man. Knock absolutely. on wood. Knock right. on wood. Anyway. Great. All right, Todd, have a great night. Thanks again. Too. Yep. Okay. All right, folks, that'll conclude this episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Much appreciative. Thanks for all the love being shown on Twitter and the ratings and the reviews. It's mind-blowing. It's overwhelming at times seeing the outpouring of support um from everybody so again if you've contacted me and told me that you're really enjoying the show and that it's truly beneficial to you i can't express enough gratitude toward that thank you so much um you guys are really making it easier for me to keep doing this keep the motivation and keep the drive to keep pumping out some content for you guys so Again, much appreciative, and you can find me on Twitter at Deadpool Hitter and the podcast itself at Pull Hitter Pod. You can check out the website at pullhitter.com. Um, open for DMs, you know, hit me up, talk baseball. Yeah, so, all right, guys, thank you for tuning in again, and see you in the next one. Don't be a bag of shit. <laughs>